Welcome home. This is Audio XP for the 9th of November 2019, and the title of this episode is The Vampire Apocalypse and $2 million worth of dice. Would you date an alien? Can you even imagine yourself in a romantic relationship with an alien? Well, that's a question that was asked on Geek Native earlier this year, and I finally got around to processing the stats this week. At the end of this Highlights podcast, we'll return to that question and share the results. Let's first talk about vampires. There's a math challenge with vampires. Let's say, for example, 100% of people bitten by a vampire are turned into a vampire. Let's also say that those new vampires are mindless predators, hungry and savage, but stupid. Let's say we start off with 10 vampire hunters who have dedicated their lives to tracking down the undead, but they only recruit slowly, adding to their number once a year. Given the rising human population and, say, the need for a vampire to feed once a week, is it the apocalypse? Will the vampire population overpower the hunters and then the rest of humanity? Thankfully, science can now answer this question for us. At the Institute of Nuclear Physics in Krakow, Dr. Dominic Czerzna has built a formula to model this. They've actually built several formulae, ranging from the Stoker King model to the Rice model. What's more, there's an online calculator that makes it easy for you to plug in your numbers and behaviours of hunters and run the results yourself. The first time I did it, sorry to say, but I had humanity annihilated in less than 30 months. Oops. If I put my GM hat on and enter world building mode, I had got my vampires wrong. So, if you're writing a book or putting together a campaign setting, then I recommend Chesney's Vampire Calculator. You'll find a link to that in the show notes or by searching for Geek Native Audio XP Vampire Calculator. Being bitten by a vampire is a life-changing experience, and for the next story, I'd like to talk about a different type of life-changing experience. Every week, I see handmade dice Kickstarter projects go live. Some flop, some succeed. Then, this week, Dispel Dice happened. Dispel Dice are handmade. They're poured resin, painted numbers, and they look stunning. They're not just shiny, there's a luster to them that feels pretty rare. However, this Kickstarter smashed through $1 million in pledging on day one of the campaign. $1 million! Hundreds of people have pledged more than $800 to get the maximum number of dice sets. We are rapidly approaching $2 million. This will surely be a life-changing experience for Karen Wang, and I hope it goes well for her. She seems to be taking in her stride. At least her updates have so far been calmly understated. She's noted that she's somewhat past funding goal. Yeah, no kidding! The important thing to note, though, is that the published delivery dates are sold out. Remember that these dice are handmade, and there's now a queue for tens or thousands of them. If you're joining the Kickstarter campaign, and I'm not trying to put you off, you will now have to wait until late 2021 for fulfilment. That's the only rational response, so please be patient. I had thought Karen would have to madly hire and train. I had thought this might add all sorts of unwelcome risk, but amazingly, she already has two teams of people in place, and she's already trained them. That's impressive. 
all this was happening just when Matt Colville's Kingdoms and Warfare was looking like the biggest RPG Kickstarter of the year too. That project has, at the time of recording, 12 days left to run and it's raised over $1 million. Okay, let's move on from talking about millions of American dollars and talk about a British treasury. This is a different sort of British treasury. Two years ago, the people who owned Judge Dredd, 2000 AD and a computer game company bought the IPC archive from a company now called TI Media. In that archive was 130 years of British comic book history. Rebellion, that's the company who owned Judge Dredd in 2000 AD, set up the Treasury of British Comics as a way to restore, revive and start selling these classic comics. This week, the Treasury of British Comics announced which of their characters would be the first to go back on sale. That character is Janice Stark. Janice Stark is a Victorian escape artist. If he were a superhero, you would say he had bones like rubber. But that's more understated than, say, Plastic Man, and it might be better off simply thinking of him as a quirky detective instead. And that's what Janice does when he's not performing at his show. He's a crime-fighting detective by night. Since he's a Victorian, he tends to do all this while wearing a posh three-piece suit. I have no idea how well Janice Stark will sell, but I'm pleased to see that there's a future for these comic books from history. If you're now in the mood for writing your own comic, then perhaps the new Infernal script from Wizards of the Coast might tempt you. This is a downloadable font that lets you write an evil-looking fancy text. You know, the sort of illustrated letters that wicked monks might draw in blood into books bound with human skin. Oh, and it'll cost you $10. Yeah, that's a lot for a font. Uh, But there are two reasons why you might be tempted, though. The first is that this font was designed by the Lord of the Rings calligrapher, Daniel Reeve. And the second is that all proceeds go to charity. This is about helping out sick kids and the extra life effort. Now, if you really can't afford 10 bucks for charity, but you now really fancy having an infernal font in your D&D game, especially with Descent from Avernus in mind, then Geek Native's reader Ash has a helpful link. A month ago, someone else created their own infernal font with the very same concept and is giving it away. Now, once again, you'll find a link in the show notes or in the accompanying blog post to Audio XP. And wizards have been busy as usual. Unearth Arcana brings us yet another playtest for D&D. This time there are 13 new pages of new class variants. That's a lot of new D&D. So what's the plan here? D&D 5e is six years old. That makes it one of the longest lasting editions of Dungeons & Dragons ever. Just a year into the life of D&D 4e, Wizards of the Coast released a second player's handbook. It was called, funnily enough, player's handbook 2 this is just speculation but it feels like wizards of the coast are gearing up for another hardback and this one perhaps will focus more on character rules and less on campaign settings i don't think we'll see dnd 6e anytime soon why kill the golden goose and hope the next edition is as popular as this one no i think this rush of play tests and it's a one a month at the current rate is for new D&D 5e material. Wizards of the Coast aren't the only big RPG company launching playtests this week though. There's one for Pathfinder 2nd Edition too. 
you can download rules for four classes and send in your feedback. Those new classes are the Investigator, Oracle, Swashbuckler and Witch. Now, do you think these new classes are what Pathfinder 2 needs? Let me know over at Geek Native. This week, a bit of tabletop gaming news made international entertainment headlines. What was it? Amazon struck a deal with a hugely popular critical role for two seasons of The Legend of Vox Machina animation. If you don't have Amazon's Prime Video, this might not be welcome news. It's worth remembering that the Critical Role team's Kickstarter made more than $11 million. Amazon isn't making the show, Critical Role has funded it themselves, and Amazon is paying them to show it. As I pointed out at the time, none of Vox Machina's tiers actually let you see the show, well, not unless you pledged big bucks and went to see the premiere. I hope that this exclusive deal hasn't cut off too many fans. I've got Prime Video, and I do like animation, so I will try and carve out some time to watch. Now, just before we get back to Dating an Alien, let me remind you that the RPG Publisher Spotlight Ball for December is now open. If you're a Geek Native patron, then you can vote on a shortlist of studios where the winner gets a whole feature to themselves in December and multiple mentions throughout the month. I haven't yet announced the winner for November. I try and get in contact with the studio first, ideally so we can work on the piece together. But if I've not heard back by next week, then we'll make an announcement and push on regardless. Misfit Studios is the outgoing publisher, having won the October slot. Now, back to Aliens. Statistically, most people can't imagine themselves in a romantic relationship with an alien. Now, Thor is an alien in the Marvel Universe, and so was Loki. Heck, the Doctor and Doctor Who is an alien. So are many Star Trek and Star Wars heartthrobs and sweethearts. Perhaps because this survey was done in conjunction with a Men in Black competition, people's minds imagined a very different, less human-seeming alien. Of the male participants who took part in the quiz, only 47% could imagine themselves in a romance with an alien. And women, the figure was even smaller. Only 27% of women could. However, and perhaps this is no surprise when it comes to open-mindedness, those people who identified as neither male or female are much more able to imagine themselves in a romance with an alien. 75% of non-binary respondents said they could imagine themselves dating an alien. Could you? Well, that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch up next week.